The podcast members of the chamber is presented by Piper Foods and fueled by McCafe. If you're listening in your car, why not stop by one of Piper Foods' five McDonald's locations in Oakville or look them up on any McDelivery service. We thank Piper Foods for their generous support of our chamber and for everything they do in the community. Now let's get started. Welcome, Oakville Chamber, to Season 2 of our podcast, Members of the Chamber. Oakville Chamber members, one story at a time. Members of the Chamber is a podcast. For each episode, we sit down with one member of our Chamber community and have a conversation. A conversation about their individual entrepreneur or professional journey, their job, and how they ended up where they are today. My name is Drew Redden. I'm the President and CEO of the Oakville Chamber of Commerce. We're broadcasting from the Stable Studio co-working facility located at 320 North Service Road West in Oakville, Ontario, and this is Members of the Chamber. Today's episode of Members of the Chamber is brought to you by the Magnet Student Work Placement Program. The Magnet Student Work Placement Program brings together employers, students, and post-secondary school stakeholders to create quality work-integrated learning opportunities. Eligible employers will receive reimbursement for 75% of wages to a maximum of $7,500 for each student placement. This project is funded by the Government of Canada. To learn more, visit swpp.magnet.today. So, Kristen, this pandemic has brought on time to step back and reflect and also take some time to learn new things. What have been your new COVID pastimes? Well, while I didn't get into the TikTok dance uh, trend or baking banana bread, (laughs) there were definitely some new things I tried. I've done some virtual paint nights with friends and uh, movie trivia nights with Film.ca. What about you? So early on in the pandemic, we hosted a weekly Tuesday trivia night and a weekend bingo night. But, you know, I also found it's important to recharge and uh, take some time for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Very true. I started doing yoga and meditation daily, and it definitely helps. For me, it was turning off my phone and exploring some new recipes in the kitchen with lots of new cookbooks, my favorite being the new Maddie Matheson one. And speaking of trying new things and taking time for ourselves, our next guest made a really big life change during the pandemic. And I can't wait to share her story, so let's get started. Our guest today is Jennifer Kazmaier. Jennifer is a registered nurse turned entrepreneur who just reached another career milestone by being able to retire at the age of 35 after recently selling her business, Calicare. Calicare provided innovative home health care services that made staying in the comfort of your home a realistic and sustainable solution. Jennifer is a member of the Oakville Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors and has been since 2015. She's also a founding member of the Young Professional and Entrepreneur Group. Jennifer is a passionate client advocate and healthcare system navigator, an avid reader and outdoor adventurer. She's been married for 12 years and is now a mom of two kids aged two and five. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. I'm happy to be here, Drew. Thanks for having me. So normally we begin at the start of the journey, 
But I just want to repeat this off the top, as I'm sure many of our listeners are trying to figure out if they heard me right in the intro. Retired at 35. Now, many of us dream of Freedom 55, but you beat that by 20 years. When did you realize that Freedom 35 may be an option for you? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that is a far out goal that you're not really sure is ever going to happen. But I mean, I vividly remember when I first got married, my husband and I went to meet with a financial advisor and we sat down and the first question is, of course, you know, what age do you want to retire? And we said 35 and they <laughs> promptly, you know, they laughed they in laughed our face. That reaction. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that just motivated us to say, you know, why not? Why not give mm-hmm. it a try? So uh, I think, I think, yes, it's always something that we wanted uh, to achieve. And okay, so we'll get back to that a little bit later on our conversation. But now let's go back to the beginning. You are educated and began your career as a registered nurse. Did you always have that entrepreneurial drive in you? Or was it based on your experience as a working nurse where you saw a hole in the market and uh, there was that opportunity where you could solve something? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I certainly always was interested in being an owner. I you know, went to franchise shows and that sort of thing. But I, I obviously, since I'm trained as a nurse, I mean, I have that social drive to help people. And, and that was really the career path that, uh, that interested me. But I had that drive. So, I mean, over the, the years of working as a nurse, I started out in the emergency department. I would see people come in with things that I kept thinking over and over, you know, why don't they have more support at home? I mean, for example, these lovely 90-year-old women who would come in and we would very lovingly call them uh, positive for Samsonite because they would come with their suitcase back, um, maybe not physically ill or medically needing something immediately, but they just, it's so socially complex that they you know, just wanted to be cared for. And when you see those things over and over, you start to wonder, um, you know, why isn't there more support available for our seniors? And then, you know, other situations where you would see someone come in who is palliative and, um, you know, they had wanted to die at home and then their family thought that they were prepared for that and maybe didn't really understand what would be involved. And they panic at the last minute, call 911, and that person ends up dying in the emergency room instead, which is, was not the plan. Um, so those sorts of things, I just kept seeing on, a, on an ongoing basis. And I kept asking myself, like, what, what else can we do here? Um, and, and that was really my inspiration to starting a, a home care company. But if I didn't have that entrepreneurial drive, there's, there's no way I would have ever gone out and taken that hard left turn to get off the traditional career path and, you know, put up a website and, you know, hope someone will hire me because I certainly remember sitting at my website the first day it went up and thinking to myself, I am nuts. There is, there's no way anyone's going to hire me. What am I doing? So before you started this very successful business, were there any franchises that you almost bought into? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Yeah, actually, I went through the process with a couple of different franchises and I got really, really close on uh, purchasing one. And at the last minute I decided uh, it's not for me. I just couldn't quite figure out what I was buying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like buying a, a Tim Hortons where you can put up your shingle and, and uh, you know, everyone recognizes the brand home care is not quite there yet in terms of brand recognition. And so I decided instead to, spend a year developing my own policies and procedures and 
and uh, go out on my own and, uh, you know, see what I could make make it into. So, yeah, it's a huge leap of faith to leave that steady paycheck and, and take that U-turn and build something from the ground off. What ultimately pushed you to actually make that jump? Um, I think it was a combination of factors. I mean, timing being one of them. We were living in Montreal and we were moving back to the GTA. You know, I was working for a company that I had been working remotely in Montreal and I had this decision point of whether I was going to transfer back and kind of continue on the career path I was on or if I was going to take the leap. And, you know, I've had, I've been working on this idea, but never quite um, had the right time to, to make the leap. And I, I didn't speak French, so I certainly I don't speak French well. I, mm-hmm. I certainly couldn't have started the business in Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, coming to Oakville, I didn't know anybody. And yeah, it just kind of seemed like the right time to do that. It's, there's always a lot of factors that go into it. And also, you know, really feeling I was at the point in my career that I, I had a good, solid foundation mm-hmm. and I was ready for a new challenge. So you talked about brand recognition or lack thereof brand recognition in the home care business. How did you build your brand? <laughs> it's hard to say exactly uh, how you build a brand. I mean, for me, it really came from uh, what I wanted to represent personally. And for for Calicare, that was elegance and a sense of professionalism. And I mean, it's not like I built a brand that anyone would recognize, but I, I certainly think that you know, consistency and that sort of thing in, in terms of what what your business is all about and then, you know, coming up with a name that makes sense and, you know, not putting yourself into a like, sort of pigeonholing what you're going to call it. I, I remember thinking, you know, I'm not going to call it Jen's Home Care because <laughs> what if I decide I want to, you know, do something a little different with it? So, you know, that naming it and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, when I came with Calicare, I wanted something that made sense for the logo. So the, the Cala Lily kind of fit for, for that. Perfect. So uh, when you ended up selling your business, you had grown the operation to roughly 200 employees. But mm-hmm. when you started, you talked about it being just you sitting at your kitchen table, looking on your website, waiting for customers to roll in. So what did those early days of Calicare look like? I mean, looking back, the first five years were such a blast. Uh, there's so <laughs> there's so many challenges and things you don't know. And I mean, really, when, when you're at the end, after you've sold, you look back and you wonder, would I have done it knowing all the steps along the way? And the answer is probably like, no, <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, each step is, is so great. So, I mean, one of the best stories that sticks out to me is my, my very first client. Experience. And, uh, you know, this, the, the son of the client had, had reached out to me through my website and asked for help for his dad, who had recently lost his wife and um, was accustomed to having fresh meals prepared every day. And, you know, he was obviously grieving in a lot of ways, but his family was trying to support him through having a caregiver just to come twice a week for some companionship and to prepare him a fresh meal. So, you know, I'm thinking, I can do this. This is, this is easy peasy. Uh, you know, I found a great employee who's, who's going to be a perfect fit. And um, I even did an introduction. Everything was going well. And we were on the day of the very first, very first shift. So because this is my first client, of course, I want everything to go perfectly. So I go with her to the grocery store. We pick out all, her, all his menu items and, 
And then we, I send her on her way to his house. I don't want to be too micromanaging. So I give a, you know, a couple of minutes and uh, sit in the parking lot, checking my email. And then I go drive by the house just to make sure, you know, everything's fine. And of course, her car is not there. So oh, no. I start to panic. <laughs> I go up to the door and, and they tell me, oh, she's not there. And I say, okay, don't, don't worry about it. She must be delayed. And I go back to the grocery store. I get the groceries. I go back. She's still not there. She's not answering her phone. I'm starting to lose all faith in humanity at this point. And <laughs> <laughs> then I, you know, start making him dinner because he's invited his 90-year-old neighbor over oh. to appreciate the, you know, the wonders of caregiving and this is all going to go well. So I make them dinner and, uh, you know, I'm serving coffee and dessert and the doorbell rings. <laughs> and I'm, I ask, you know, if it's okay if I answer because I have this feeling it, it could be the employee. So I answer the door and she's sitting there with the groceries course I asked her where she's been and, and she has no good excuse she says she's run errands or something to that effect and I uh, get the groceries back from her and then fire her because um, <laughs> obviously that's not going to work so my no. very first termination was on a doorstep wow uh, yeah and then um, yeah I mean that was my very first client experience and I'm, I'm so glad in so many ways that that was my first experience because mm -hmm. it sort of shocked my system to get rid of some of those naive instincts and it, it helped me you know look into how to solve the problem like a gps check-in system so i know where my employees Sorry. are and where they're supposed to be and you know probably over the last eight years of it's been at least 2,000 interviews. So, you know, you get a lot better at it after, after a while. <laughs> so there's lots of crazy, bizarre stories like that. But, you know, you learn so much along the way. 2,000 interviews, you probably enough content to write a whole book there, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> so, so you joined the Chamber early on in your entrepreneurial journey. Why was joining the Chamber important to you? And how did it help support the growth of uh, your business? The Chamber of Commerce was such a no-brainer to me. I'd been exposed to the Chamber of Commerce only through my past role because I was a lot of the, pe the people accessing my services were through a benefits program. And so a lot of them accessed through the Chamber of Commerce benefits. So when I was starting my business with no business experience, I mean, not to say I didn't read books and was self-educated, mm -hmm. but didn't have the formally, a formal education uh, in business. So it just seemed like a natural place to go to meet the business community. And uh, I mean, I was very nervous about, about that. I remember the very first event that I attended was at Kojiko, which is a, you know, huge venue yeah. with a business after hours. I assumed it was going to be a, you know, a sea of suits and, you know, <laughs> very formal and, you know, not welcoming. And yeah. anyone who's been to an event like that, you know, for the first time you have this imposter syndrome, like they're going to find me out. I don't belong here. <laughs> so, you know, I was doing my power poses in the car and went in and, and I just, you know, I felt so welcome. There's such a, a great group of people. And um, I've got to say, I mean, I've been to lots of different chambers. And I, I, you know, I certainly don't want to compare because I've mostly spent my time with the Oakville Chamber. But one of the things that I think really sets the Oakville Chamber apart is, is the staff. Because, wow, like the staff really take time to get to know the members, you know, they got to know me and what, I, what my business was. And every time I would go, I would get introduced to somebody you know, not just, hey, you need an account, you need an accountant, you know, here's so-and-so. It's like, oh, healthcare, you know, so you end up having a, a casual conversation over a glass of wine with a competitor or someone mm -hmm. in a complimentary business. And, 
just so warm. And those are conversations you just would never have cold calling or, or trying to find by looking online. It's, it's just much more organic and, and natural. I mean, I probably went to all the business after most of them over the last eight years that I was, that I've been a member. And it's, uh, it's been so impactful to, to my business. And we really do have an incredible team and uh, it's a team that I'm really proud to be a part of. And uh, you talk about business after hours. We've been at home for a year now in the COVID-19 pandemic. And that is one event that uh, I can't wait to get our chamber community back together for. So uh, and hoping that it's uh, sooner rather than later and uh, it will be safe to do so soon. Yeah, I must say, though, you've done a great job of making it happen virtually. I mean, it's not easy, but I think those connections are still happening. And and that, go, and that goes back to the community we built and, you know, the members that uh, are really engaged and support each other and, and create that welcome environment. You know, uh, it's it, it really is a community here at the Oakville Chamber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back to, you know, a theme I'm going back to, retiring at 35. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you were, by all accounts, wildly successful in building and growing your business. What was it like to build something so successful and then sell it? You know, was that hard for you or, you know, how did that, how did you process that? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I would say, yes, it's hard, but no, it's not hard at the same time. So um, when you're an entrepreneur, your business is you at the beginning, right? It's very personal. There is nothing more to it. But if you're building a business and not a job, you're constantly promoting yourself out of whatever role that you're in so that you can make space for other people and, you know, systems and processes and all those things. So it's really a letting go process from the beginning, I would say. Um, so you're, you're kind of always doing that along the way. And it's really exciting where, you know, when you're watching your business grow. <laughs> and then the analogy I use is, is kind of silly and you might laugh, but I kind of saw Calicare as my business baby and, you know, I helped her to grow. And then when she got to a certain age, she was ready to, you know, get like move out and get married and she just didn't need me anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> it was sort of a natural process of saying, maybe the problems that I'm solving on a day to day aren't what interests me anymore. My business was very 24 seven. I mean, there's 168 hours in the week and there was not one hour that I was able to turn my phone off. I mean, we had people working nice weekends holidays, you know, Christmas morning was always busy, you know, those sorts of things. And so you you never are mentally away. And I I knew that I wanted that. I didn't want to look back and say, oh, I, you know, I wish I had made more space or or something like that. So I I knew I wanted more um, mental space and capacity to kind of innovate and create and think about new problems. So I think sort of once you get to that, point and it is a long process of kind of deciding okay it's grown to this point I'm really really happy with where we're at but my my the problems I want to work on next maybe aren't aligned with with where the company needs to go and so that's sort of where you decide to to, or for me that's where I decided to to exit and kind of hand over the reins and and be able to retire at 35 you know retire from mandatory work it doesn't mean i'm not going to be a contributing member of society anymore but (laughs) and it would be a rewarding process to go through that too and and you talk how you're someone with an entrepreneurial spirit you know so do you have another business baby you want to raise and grow or uh, what's your next business plan what what do you see yourself doing uh, in the future yeah, I mean, I have so many ideas. 
you know, I, I heard recently when, you know, when your ideas collide with reality, they always change. And like most of the ideas in my head are probably really dumb. So they're not ready to be aired yet, but I, (laughs) um, I certainly have lots of ideas. And I think that the problem I'm focusing on now is what book I'm going to read next. So that's sort of my, you know, my next year is, is focusing on just having some time and then I'll figure out what to jump into after that. But I don't know if I'll ever do the trading the 40 hours for uh, the privilege of working 80 hours like the entrepreneur (laughs) always does. Do you have any book recommendations for our listeners? Oh, I have so so many. I mean, that depends on on what you're into. Um, One I just read was uh, really impactful called Essentialism, the Disciplined Pursuit of Less, which Mm -hmm. is very countercultural. I have lots. How many do you want? (laughs) (laughs) So a final question that I'm sure everyone is waiting for me to ask as they look for any advice that may get them closer to an early retirement is what was the best piece of advice you received in your career? Um, so many. I mean, with any goal setting, right, if you, if you want to make it happen, you have to get after it. And sometimes your inspiration comes from the action of actually working on it. Um, but some of the best advice I received is just about how you approach things and you know if you don't know what else to do be happy to be be happy to be there and that's just a an approach of facing situations and tasks with positivity and enthusiasm something else that i heard was to uh, not spread yourself too thin i mean the practice of saying no to things is is not easy but it's very tempting at the beginning of networking and starting your business to join every association every every group out there. Um, so I got the advice to kind of pick one or two, really build relationships and build build connections there. And, and the Oakville Chamber of Commerce was that for me. Perfect. Well, that question always wraps up these conversations so nicely. So thanks for joining us today, Jennifer. We really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Drew. For members and listeners, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us. If you know someone that would make an interesting guest on Members of the Chamber, please send us a note to info at oakvillechamber.com. We would love to hear from you. Make sure you stay up to date with what's going on at the Chamber by following along on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you to our producer and Chamber Communications Manager, Kristen Curry. Talk to you soon, Oakville Chamber. Have a safe and productive day.